Yo, what's going on everybody? It's your boy Earth Mac, the mad scientist. And I'm telling you right now, I have been waiting a very, very long time. A very long time to get my boy on here. This man here is a legend in his own right. This man has at least four to 5,000 comics in his collection. Basketball, football, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Marvel stuff, but we just barely scratched the surface here. We talking a boxing guru, a boxing aficionado. This man has made 12,831 predictions. And out of those, he's made 11,424 predictions that are correct, which is an 89% success rate. Better call your mama. I'm talking about Mike <laughs> the Hammer Hernandez. What's going on, bro? <laughs> What's going on, my scientist? Hey, man, thanks for having me on the show, brother. Hey, uh, special no shout out to all the uh, Orange Phoenix family watching. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt, man. So, what's been going on with you, Mike, man? How how's you, you know, living? Just uh, good, brother. Good. So, out here in Germany right now, it's uh, it's about midnight. Uh, stayed up to to, to do the podcast, you know. Um, yeah. Just living life, man. Finishing up my career, almost done. About to head back out to the states. Uh, and I continue, continue watching boxing, man. That's my life, that's my passion. And uh, I know we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk some about my predictions to see uh, what I got right, what I got wrong. <laughs> so okay, now you said you've been tracking this thing since 2005, but 2005. I know you better than that. That means you've been watching, you've been watching boxing way before that. Yeah. So of course, so being from from Puerto Rico, right? So obviously in Puerto Rico, probably the biggest sport that we watch is boxing, right? It's it's just one of our passions over there. Uh, other than like baseball, maybe some basketball, but definitely boxing. So I grew up in the boxing family. Uh, my father used to watch boxing every weekend, and as a child. You know, uh, I used to watch it all the time, and I, I keep I, I keep that tradition now. My kids are boxing. Um, I boxed a little bit too myself, um, but just the, the watching, the analyzing it, the the writing, uh, you know, writing down how the how the rounds uh, happened, all that stuff is it's just a passion for me, man. But in 2005 is when I started. You know, I'm watching so much fights every weekend, sometimes two or three times a week. Um, I decided I'm gonna write this down. I'm gonna start keeping track of all the fights that I'm watching. Right. That grew, right? That grew and started to, and then turned into all the fights that I'm gonna, that I want to watch in the future, right? So I started keeping a schedule, and then I started making my predictions. And I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna organize this where I have fighter A versus fighter B. Fighter A gonna be my prediction fighter b is obviously the opponent right then i started putting information in there what titles are they fighting for what weight class are they fighting for the results their records everything in there and i started keeping that record since 2005 and here i am it's still going to this day man twelve thousand fights well actually you're going on to thirteen thousand. the way you're looking so yeah soon i haven't seen all thirteen thousand um fights um, but I've made a prediction on, on, all, on all these fights that since 2005, and then I track obviously the ones that I that I can't see. There's some fights that are like in Russia, some fights are in in Japan that I'm not able to see. Um, I have to wait till the results come out of that. But yeah, if I can watch it, 
If I could see it, I'm gonna watch. I'm there to see it. That's a uh, UK fights, uh, US fights, sometimes Japan fights, uh, African fights. If it's on TV somewhere, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna watch it. Man, so when we talked offline, and he's telling me about your fighters, man, and we gonna and listeners, we actually gonna go through that list, man. It is, it is a stellar list. Now, one of the people that kind of stood out to me because I have yet to see a Japanese fighter, and Inoue stood out to me like straight out the gate and so i immediately looked at it one of his fights before the show started and i was like wow like this dude is a monster for real and like the level of power that he has and i know you know we talked and you said that he's going up another weight class and his his ultimate challenge is against fulton so yeah and, and we definitely gonna jump into that that prediction so I skipped across the first question, and the first question I usually ask my guests is, what was your geeked out moment? What was your defining moment to say, hey, I'm going to pursue this, whether it's comics, anime, boxing, what was that defining moment for you? Ah, man. So there's, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of different avenues for me, right? So I, I geek out on different things. You know, you, talk, yeah. you touch a little bit on the comic books, uh, you touch a little bit on my card collection, right, whether it's sports or non-sports have thousands of those um and of course you know my passion of boxing but to me um every single one of those things that i do brings a peace for me right it just it just grounds me to another level right uh we're aircraft maintainers you know how it is sometimes you get home stressed out work and all that stuff i had to find something one thing that i either it was anime if i watched it or if it was just looking at my cards counting uh my comic books or just sit back and watching a fight i felt zen you know i felt like i was in my zone it's so hard to explain it's not like people people say you know i like watching sports i like you know doing this doing that it's just it's a different level it's another world when i'm in especially when i'm in my boxing zone that's right. nothing else matters around me you know so i don't know ever since i was young but but, it, but it's, it's those specific items man so do you have like a fun childhood memory, you know, because uh, I know we around sort of kind of around the same age range. So I know we'd have been to arcades. We don't been obviously we comic book collecting. I mean, you got 20 times more than me. <laughs> I mean, you you had the four or five thousand range. Now, do you remember any particular comic that is like your most prized possession that you just not, you know, you're not getting rid of at all? Uh. Well, let me tell you this. I do have a, I do have a memory. So, I was born in Puerto Rico, but I was raised in New York. And when I was living in New York, I had a cousin, uh, my cousin Joe. Uh, he's about three years older than me, right? So at this at this time, I think we were about nine. I was about nine, so he was maybe about you know 11, 12 years old. Yeah. And um, he came up to me, and he gave me a binder with a whole bunch of Marvel cards in there. And I was like, you know, I, I was at that age where I was like, you know, I, you know, what is this? You know, the toys, what, what's going on? And, you know, I started reading through them. And these are these are old cards that had, uh, I, I, I wish I could, I have them downstairs, but I wish I had them up here. Um, where it's not just, you know, it has the, the, the card, the, the Marvel, whatever, action having up in the front, but the back had a story, right? Then it had, just like boxing, it had a record. What that, what that, um, you know, either that that villain 
or you know that, that good character had what the record was how many people they killed and i, I just it intrigued me the the data associated with it you know what i mean then right that was the moment where i started collecting uh marvel cars that was my biggest passion at first marvel cars right then it turned into comic books at next level where i can read the storyline um you know and then from there on I, as an adult you just start collecting more and more and uh but yeah that that was that was probably the moment that's probably the moment okay okay and we definitely gonna jump into more of the the comic book side of things but let's get down to the brass taxes man like you know the thing that that got you here is your boxing genius, man. I mean, I call you the boxing oracle, man. I remember when I first met you some years ago, man. You, you start talking to me about boxing. I was flabbergasted. I was like taken back. I like I never seen a person talk about boxing this way. You know, it, it's usually the casual fandom that I get. Like, you know, when we talk or whatever, you like, oh, yeah, you know, Tyson's the greatest or, you know, Ali's the greatest. But for you to get down to the science of it, like, I was just like, you know what? One day I'm going to get under this learning tree and learn everything there is to know <laughs> everything there is to know about boxing. Now, you gave me you gave me a list. You said your top five current fighters, like ranked. Start with number one. This man right here. So the man. Tell me about this guy right here. Tell me about Shakur Stevenson. All right, so. If anybody's watching doesn't watch boxing and you want to watch the sweet science of the sport, this is the man you gotta look out for. Up and coming, he's a he's a world champion now, so it's not he's not a prospect. He's a world champion already at a young age. Um, but this guy was an Olympian. I think he got silver silver medal in the Olympic in the Olympics. Um, he lost that fight, which he should have won. He was kind of robbed on that, kind of like old school Roy Jones where he lost in the Olympics as well. He was robbed. Um, right. But now he is, and this guy is dominating. Uh, I think in in his, I think he's like 20, 20 and 0. Um, he's barely lost a round. Okay, so even the fights that go the full distance, he's barely lost a round. I think it was until his like 18th or 19th professional fight where where one of the judges gave uh, one particular round to his opponent. That's how dominant he is. So he's skilled, skilled, man. It's just, and his output. So he is, he throws a lot. He's accurate. Punching okay. power, he's growing into his body because he's young. He's in his early 20s. Um, I, th I actually think he's like 19 or 20 years old. He's growing into that power. His, his body is growing. He's also going up in divisions. But this is the guy. This is the guy that I'm telling you, you need to look out for. American fighter right here, Shakur Stevenson. So, like with Stevenson, um, who do he put you in the mind of? Is he like a Floyd Mayweather, like a technical type? Like he's going to win Definitely. those rounds? Okay. Okay. Definitely. But unlike Floyd, he's also, he's also a softball, which is a comparison, right? Um, yeah. But the thing with him is that he's also aggressive, right? So he's yeah. not always great, great defense, very hard to hit. Um, but he's also always pushing forward. So obviously, when a great neutralizer for like opponents that want to come forward all the time is mm -hmm. if they have to put defense defense themselves, right? 
So that's one of his best defenses is his offense. The more he throws, the more he has the opponent thinking about, I don't want to get hit, that less than opponents throws his punches as well. Very good. Very good technical fighter. Okay. And then the next guy is the one I was tracking, you know, before we got before we got on there. Because again, I was curious because I never seen a Japanese fighter. And I saw uh his fight against uh Domare. I think I think his last name is Domare. It was like two, yeah, two no fights. Yeah, Donaire. And I saw the entrance and I was like, ah, okay. I really do like the entrance. Like he came out to kill Bill. And this this guy right here, this man. In a way, man. So tell me about this guy. Educate the masses on him because I feel like he's been <laughs> floating under the radar. He hasn't been talked about. So again, but if for this guy, uh, Naoya Inoue, uh, Japanese fighter, also undefeated. Uh, I think he's a two division world champion. Uh, he's gone up about three divisions now. Twenty four and zero. A great, great KO percentage rate. Um, the thing with Naoya uh, Inoue is that. Naoya, in a way, is that he's in the lower weight classes, right? So yeah. us in, uh, in, in in the states, even in in Europe, we're used to seeing the bigger guys, right? The heavyweights are the fights that usually attract us because these guys are knocking people out with with you know one punch power. This guy is in the lower weight classes. They're known for like speed, super speed, and just you know all this this crazy skill. But this guy has power from the lower weight classes. So he not only has the speed, the pedigree, the boxing skills, he has the power. And he's been train wrecking through the two or three different divisions already. Cleared out the divisions. Everybody in the division. Now he's climbing up another division. He's going up against Stephen Fulton. This right here is going to be, a, this is a five-star fight. So I know last weekend we had uh, Javante Davis and uh, Ryan Garcia fight, which was a mega fight. Uh, this here is a mega fight. But this mega fight is an actual 50-50 fight. This is one of those fights where you're like, if Nao, uh, if Inoue goes up this in his division and beats Fulton, as I believe he will, my prediction, this guy is the real deal. Man, it's like he got dynamite in his hands. And the, the second fight I saw against Donaire, and I was like, okay, this thing is 12 minutes. And I like, obviously somebody got knocked down but the first fight i seen he hit donaire and he kind of like jogged donaire jogged off and then just went to his knees and i was like i never seen a dude get hit so hard that he walked off and just like just lay down for a second and he i mean donaire hopped back up because he ran the distance with him and the second fight it was like way shorter you know in a way has matured and that was like maybe 10 months ago or something like that give or take and his punch, it seems like his punching power just increased from that time period the first time they fought. So uh, like what happened in that in that fight where he knocked him down, that, that was a delayed the, a delayed reaction to that punch. That happens yeah. a lot with body punches, right? You get hit, just kind of like happened to Ryan Garcia this last weekend with that one body punch, took a couple steps back, then realized his body wasn't going to function. He needed to take the knee. Uh, some people recover from it, but most don't. And that's why body... So here's another thing about him, since we're talking about this, right? The great mm -hmm. body puncher, great body puncher. And uh, in those low weight classes, hitting in the body, and, and if you can take somebody out with a body shot, that, that means a lot, because those guys are small, right? They're, 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 they're trimmed. There's not a lot of fat, not a lot of excess there. 
So when they hit to the body and if it hurts, if it does impact, that means he has a lot of power. He has dynamite in both hands, man. Yeah, left and right. I mean, I saw that firsthand, like, in the later rounds. I was like, oh, man, this is <laughs> this is bad for my boy. So, um... But, but you got to remember, Stephen Fulton is a champion and a, a, a great fighter in his own right. So, Naoya uh, Inoue has a big mountain to climb. Hopefully, he can do it. I believe he can, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think he's going to be train wreck like he does everybody else. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's gonna be easy. Uh, judging from like the highlights I've seen of Fulton and his training regimen, I like this. This is definitely his toughest test going in, and that's uh, July twenty fifth, right? And that's July twenty fifth. Uh, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. July twenty fifth. Right. And uh, yep. I know we spoke. I know we spoke early on Davis, but uh, this man right here, Javante Davis, is your number three. So I have Davis on number three. Tank. So listen. This might be a little controversial. I know I talked about this with a couple of my friends. They're like, Javante Davis, number three. My opinion, number three, because of what he's accomplished, right? Um, a multi-division world champion, still undefeated, mm -hmm. right? Uh, now, I think uh, 29 and 0, 30 and 0, no, 29 and 0 now with the, with the Ryan Garcia knockout. Um, yep. Skills, speed uh his timing his reflexes a plus on every level you know his chin i mean although he hasn't been checked on his chin yet by somebody who can really punch up to this point this man has never touched the canvas and he's been on there with multiple undefeated fighters he's been in the ring with multiple world champions this guy's great no there's a reason why uh, Floyd Mayweather took him under his belt as the fighter that was going to replace him um, in the sport. Now, I'm going to say something. When he fought Ryan Garcia this last weekend, so my head, right, my mind said, Tank Davis is going to win this fight. Yeah. My heart wanted Ryan Garcia to win the fight. I like Ryan Garcia, right? I think he's a, he think he's a good fighter. Not a great yeah. fighter. I just I thought he had one or two tricks in his upper sleeve to win the fight. So I was yeah. a little bummed out the way the fight ended. Uh, but if you know, if I go by what my mind and what I know should happen, prediction is Javante Davis. That's why he's number three. Yeah. So next man up is uh, Canelo. So I gotta get Canelo it. a little bit of props. So the majority of the boxing world knows Canelo, right? Uh, yeah, Canelo Alvarez is probably one of the best, if not the best, Mexican fighter there is. A lot of people will argue that Julio Cesar Chavez probably is. Um, but Canelo has done a lot for the sport, whether you like him or you hate him. A lot of people are kind of divided in the middle. Um, yeah. he, he's done a lot for the sport. And I still rank him above fighters like Dimitri Bivol, who he actually lost to, uh, because again, of his pedigree, what he's done for the sport. Right, Canelo has been breaking uh, pay-per-view gates. Uh, sold, sold out all his fights. Uh, he brings so much money to the sport. Um, still young, still you know, gone up division after division to test himself. Um, and I think that's why he's number four. Although he has a couple of losses, right? Two losses: one against yeah. Floyd, one against Dimitri uh, Bivol. He also has a draw against uh, uh, Triple G, which personally I thought he lost that fight, but. 
It is what it is. Yeah. Um, based on pedigree alone and what he's done, I rank him number four. Okay. I think a lot of people, you know, give a lot of credit to Carnelo. Man, I actually really like, you know, Carnelo Alvarez. So, um, so <clears throat> he has an upcoming fight too. Yes, yes, he's finding up. Yeah, he's actually finding. I think uh, in a few weeks, uh, mm -hmm. May six, actually next weekend, right? Yeah, 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 he's, yeah, fighting, yeah. Uh, he's fighting against John Ryder. Um, this is not a, a cakewalk, but it's it's. I would bet my money on Canelo, without a doubt. Uh, mm -hmm. John Ryder is a British fighter. Um, nothing against John Ryder. John Ryder has fought his way to uh, have this position to finally fight for a title, finally get a payday. Um, he's earned that, right? In the last couple of years, I think he's won like the last six, seven fights in a row against decent opposition. So he's earned his, his right to this fight, maybe. Um, but he has no chance, man. No chance. He's not an A-level fighter. I find John Ryder to be kind of like a B, B-plus level fighter. Um, something that also helps him get the opportunity is now that Canelo is uh, has a contract. Eddie Hearns was a British promoter. Yeah. Uh, you know, John Ryder is also promoted by Eddie Hearns. So, you know, easy to make the fight, easy to get those fighters over there an opportunity to fight Canelo and make possibly the biggest and largest payday that they're ever going to make in their life. So, oh, yeah. I feel like for it's John a nice Ryder, Good for John Ryder, uh, but I don't yeah. see John Ryder uh, surviving maybe five or six rounds with Canelo. Okay. And next up is, uh, I haven't heard of this guy, Usyk. So educate uh, the masses on Usyk. Let me tell you on that. So nobody on my list, right? Obviously, none of my, 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 my fighters, my top four are heavyweights. Um, if we talk later on about my, my, my top five all time, or if we talk about like uh, my favorite fighters of all time, you ain't going to find a heavyweight on there. Sorry for all those people that think that probably Muhammad Ali is the best fighter ever. Not for me. It could be for you. A little controversial, right? But yeah, yeah. this guy right here, Alexander Usyk, he is the first heavyweight, probably the only heavyweight on my list. This gentleman here is 20-0, Olympic gold medalist, mm -hmm. right? Undefeated champion now. Um, completely dominated the cruiserweight division. Cleared it out. Won all the titles. Became undisputed. Had no competition. Uh, gave up his titles. Moved up to heavyweight. Um, has a little uh, heavyweight run. About four or five fights. Fought against Anthony Joshua. Do you know who Anthony Joshua is? Yeah, One of the biggest yeah. heavyweights. Uh, uh, famous heavyweights there is currently. Um, mm -hmm. beat, beat Joshua. In my opinion, easily beat him right um then for some reason uh joshua wanted to have an immediate rematch Usyk gave him the immediate rematch beat him again domination so here's the thing with Usyk. Usyk is from ukraine mm -hmm. he was one of the one of the uh, actually a big group of ukrainian fighters that when this war started happening with russia they stopped fighting and they went to they went back to their country to fight for their country. He was one yeah. of the ones doesn't have to. He's one of the ones that left the sport and went to go fight for his country. He, he was over there for a few months and he finally came back. Now there's a potential fight. There, there, there's a little bit of negotiations happening between him and Tyson Fury. 
oh. the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. So this is okay. a this is a very intriguing matchup and one that had negotiations fought through, but uh, I think it can get done. It'll probably get done this year, hopefully, if not early next year. So okay, your humble opinion, Usyk and Tyson Fury. Who you think? Who do you think gonna win this? <laughs> you gotta put me on the spot, huh? So I had to. This is this is what I'm gonna say. Currently, I think uh, the best heavyweight in the division is Tyson Fury. All right. Hands down, currently I think he is the best. As time goes on, and the more he waits, the more chances and the better chance I give Alexander Usyk to win the fight. Right now, if they were to fight today, I'd probably give Fury a slight edge. The fight's not happening today. It might happen okay. next year. If you ask me the question next year, I'm going to tell you I go for Alexander Usyk. Okay. 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 Yeah, judging from what you told me, I, I might have to pull for, you know, Usyk in that regard because i feel like tyson fury may have a lot of distractions because i mean he's been involved with wwe a lot and some other stuff so he may not i mean obviously he'll be focused to the fight but i don't think he would be as focused and hopefully he don't overlook Usyk because Usyk looks like he's a knockout artist and well here's the thing here's the thing with with uh with tyson fury right so tyson fury has the advantages over anybody he fights right when he fought the Ante wilder I think what is probably the closest competition he'll have in the heavyweight division as yeah. in terms of like size and, and power, right, is Deontay Wilder. He already beat Wilder. Beat him yeah. twice, he drew with him once, right? Usyk is smaller. Usyk is 6'6". Six, six. Um, uh, Fury, I think, is 6'9". Um, three, three inches makes a big difference. Um, think, believe it or not, in the heavyweight division. Uh, but this man, Usyk, is just skills above everybody in the heavyweight division including tyson fury what tyson fury will have to do if he fights Usyk, is use his his, his height his reach advantage and try to keep Usyk at bay at distance that might be uh his his best chance but as time goes tyson fury is getting older the older he gets the slower he's getting the less defense he has and that's gonna hurt him he needed to have this fight. This fight was was actually in negotiations, and I think they agreed on the fight. Tyson Fury, although uh, Usyk has titles, Tyson Fury wanted like a 70-30 split, which is ridiculous, right? Yeah. Usyk, Usyk said, I'll take it. Let's do what? it. I'll sign the paperwork. But I guess on the, he said on the... We'll have a rematch clause because this is a big fight, right? There'll be a rematch clause, and in the rematch clause, I want seventy, you take thirty, and Tyson Fury didn't want to do it. So, Man, come on. You can say you can say what you you want to say. I mean, there's always two sides to every story. Um, my opinion, Tyson Fury didn't want that fight. Yeah, you you think you're gonna? He was afraid of that fight. You trying to keep trying to keep face? You think? I mean, if you were to think about it, 70 30, then a rematch, it flips. I mean, I feel like that's a fair trade. I think it's a fair trade, especially if, let's say, you lose, right? If you lose and you, if Tyson Fury lost, he, he's the first fight he got 70 30, he got the bigger purse, and he yeah. loses. 
there's no reason why he should want anything more than a 7.30 to hit the opposite way. You lost the fight, right? Um, so I think it's a little bit, I don't know, unfair. Um, but I, I don't, let me tell you this though. I don't think Tyson Fury is scared of the fight. I just think Tyson Fury doesn't have much left in, 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 in boxing, right? He's getting older. He knows, he retired a couple years back. He came back to the sport. He was, yep. As soon as he had like one or two fights, he was thinking about retiring again. I really don't think his mind's in it. He's about ready to hang him up. And there's a lot easier fights to take than Alexander Usyk. Why take on the toughest fight when you're... I wouldn't say his heart's not in it. I don't know that. I'm not him. But if I'm going to go out and this is not what I want to do, and it's just, I, I'm ready to like end it, I'm not going to take the biggest challenge of my career to do that. Probably not. Yeah. When he can probably make just as much money fighting somebody like Anthony Joshua would probably be an easier fight for him. Or one of the other British fighters um, that would be so much easier for him. And make a lot of money back home too, right? If they fight yeah. a, a, a local fighter in, 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 in UK, he makes a lot of money. He could go off and ride off into the sunset, still undefeated, the lineal heavyweight champion of the world, and call it a day. Fight Usyk, you might lose that fight. So, Yeah. And now you also have another list called your your favorite fighters of all time. Now that list is short. Now um, and it's three, starting with Pernell Whitaker. So sweet. Talk about pee. it. Sweet tea. Sweet tea. So when we talk about Mayweather, right? We talk about fighters who have that slick, slick hit. Don't be hit. Don't get hit. Fight fighting style. The the movement. The angles, that's Sweet Pete Pernell Whitaker. That guy in the 80s and the 90s was the man. He's the one that a lot of fighters emulate. And if you talk to like, if you talk to a lot of hardcore boxing fans and they talk mm -hmm. about, and you mentioned Mayweather or you mentioned any of those fighters at that caliber, you can't have a conversation without talking about Sweet Pete Pernell Whitaker. Yeah. And... I mean, it, it, I was looking for so many good shots of him, and most of those shots is him dodging. And it was like, he's not getting hit. <laughs> you know, he like. That's what it is. It's like, it's, you hit him, a master. It's, it's like watching a, a master fighter in the ring. Um, you know, people, people love, especially now, you know, people really love the knockouts. Um, of course, yeah. that, I mean, that brings exciting, that's excitement to the sport. That brings new blood and people that want to watch it, right? Not just you know, you know, brings bring more casual fans into watching it. Um, and some people don't like the sweet science part of it, right? They think it's boring, technical. I love it. I yeah. love it. It just it, it it shows me what that fighter has been doing and training, has been focusing on, has been practicing on. And if you want to watch a master slick boxer. Of our generation, sure, go go watch Floyd. But if you want to watch somebody before him that probably he, Floyd watched and wanted to be like, watch Pernell Sweet Pete Whitaker. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I think with casual like boxing fans, like or oh, somebody just coming in, they they do look for the knockouts. I do appreciate the science too because I know in the realm of boxing, it's a chess game. And you got to find the right opening. I mean, you, you got you may have an opening, but that person may counter and knock you out. But you know, it's you know, it's a paper rock scissors. It's a tap dance. It's a chess game. So it's a 
I, I really do appreciate that side of it. And I think I fell in love with that side of it when I saw uh, Floyd Mayweather. I think it was Mayweather and Pacquiao. And that was at your house, actually. Now that I think about it. Yes. Yeah. That was at my <laughs> yeah. house. Yeah, it was at your house. So we was at, and you broke, before the fight even started, you, know, you broke it down like a science. And you was like, yo, you know, man, they do have a shot, but Mayweather gonna gonna win, and this is why. And you went X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And everything that you said before that fight started happened when the fight happened. <laughs> so I was like, I was, it was crazy to see, man. I and speaking it, of, it was like, 20, 30 people in my house, and I think I was one of maybe two people that there were, were uh, telling everybody, hey, Floyd got this, Floyd got this. Not, yep. you know, it's not about, sometimes it's not about who you want to win, right? Just like this last weekend, it's not about who your heart says, it's about what your mind says. Heart, yeah. I want the man to win all day, every day, you know, he's just, he's for the people, uh, so humble, a great fighter. But my mind will tell me, I'll break it down, right? When it comes to the scales, when it comes to the sweet science, had to be Floyd. Floyd, and since Brings we me. own Floyd, man, <laughs> he is one of your Brings top three. Number two. <laughs> yeah, brings you number two, man. So again, so, so with with Floyd, let, let me tell you something about Floyd. Love him or hate him, love him or him. A lot of people love him, a lot of people hate him. Probably more people hate him than love him. Floyd is a boxer that only comes once in a lifetime. You ain't, we ain't gonna see another Floyd Mayweather. Probably not in our generation. There might be a few fighters out there that, that could probably get to close to that level, right? But it's not just for Floyd. It's not just about the boxing, right? Floyd was the pay-per-view king. You know, he, he wants to he wants to say he says that all the time. You know, he went from pretty boy Floyd to money. You know, to money. Um, but without a doubt, the top. I don't know. I think he's like the top three of the top five pay-per-view fights in the world all Mayweather so yeah. man he, he's done more for the sport than just being in the ring and fighting that's why he's my number two I mean his level of marketing is crazy I mean he was so you know polarizing that WWE picked him up to do a Wrestlemania with the big show like one year and I was like yeah like this guy is like he, he's made it to the point and you can't talk boxing without saying Money Mayweather. You can't can't really say that at, at this point. And you you're absolutely correct. Which leads to number three. Oh Felix, man. Felix Tell us Tito about Felix. Trinidad. So this 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 is a patriotic thing, right? So right. I gotta have I gotta have one of my Puerto Rican fighters in there. You know, I got I got Cotto back there behind me. You know, a right. great great Puerto Rican fighter as well, who I really really do love. Uh, uh -huh. But Tito, right? So Tito is the champion of the people. He is our champion in Puerto Rico. Every time Tito went up there to the ring, he fought for us, man. It was always Puerto Rico first, him second, you know. And that that growing up as a child, uh, watching boxing in my in my in my life every weekend, uh, every time Felix Tito, a Trinidad, fought, it was like a holiday for us in Puerto Rico, right? The yeah. the roads were closed. Um, everybody was at somebody's house to watch the fight, the barbecues. Every it was a big thing. Um, wow! He did a lot for us, man. He put us on the map. So that to me, he's my number three fighter. Man, so he, so y'all basically treated it like a FIFA World Cup, man. Because I mean, everything just shut down. If you know Phyllis is gonna fight that day, you're not going to work. Get the barbecue, get the beer, 
get the tequila. We out of here. We we gonna watch this fight from start to finish. That's what's that's up. Exactly. That, that's that's exactly up. What, how I would I would say it is. Think about it like this, man. When when Trinidad fought Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah. This was his his coming out fight, right? This was undefeated champion versus undefeated champion. At that time, De La Hoya was the golden boy, Olympic gold medalist, was on everybody's radar as being the guy, right? He had beaten Julio Cesar Chavez. This guy was the guy. On the other side, you have Felix Tito Trinidad. Everybody knew him in the sport as the guy with the left hook. If you get hit with that left hook, you're going down, right? Yeah. And the thing about Trinidad that was also very intriguing is that Trinidad would get knocked down almost every fight. Usually at the first or second round, he would get yeah. knocked down. So people were like, his chin, he got a he got a ding a dent in his chin, right? Like something's up with that. So it makes him a little bit vulnerable. But he would right. get up, right? Survive the round, go to his corner, and his dad. So his dad is his trainer. His dad was his trainer. His dad would come out, would talk to him, and smack him a couple of times really hard in his face. Right? This is common. He'd be like, pow, 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 smack him two or three times, and then tell him, all right, now you got to get in there. Now you got to show what you got. Every single time he went out there, he showed what he had. Most of the time, he would knock people out. No different in the De La Hoya fight. He got knocked down by Oscar De La Hoya again early in the fight, but got up and won that fight on decision. Now, this was a, I would say, some people say it's a controversial decision, but it was yeah. one of those fights that could have gone either way, right? It was a 50-50 fight from the beginning. Um, I think Oscar De La Hoya, if you watch that fight, it's a good, good, good fight to watch. If Oscar De La Hoya believed that he had the fight won going into the yeah. last round. So what did Oscar do? I think he did something that he made the biggest mistake he could do. He ran around the ring that last round. He didn't fight. He didn't try to fight. He tried to move. And just completely avoid Felix Trinidad that round. People were booing, people were angry, and that I think could have swayed some of the scoring. Obviously, none of the judges gave. I don't think any of the judges gave um, Oscar that last round. But if right. Oscar would have would have just fought or tried to fight to where he could have maybe possibly win that round, he would have probably won the, the won that fight. So I think he made a big mistake there. I think Oscar mentioned it in the interview as well. Uh, sometime mm -hmm. in, you know later on that he, he he obviously made a mistake by trying to avoid you know fighting that last round because he thought he had it in the bag. Nope, he did not. You know what? Felix reminded me of uh, Hajime no Ipo, man. You you now like listeners. I'm telling you, if you're listening to the show, you're watching the show, you want to comment. You got to tell this man how great Hajime no Ipo is because I I know for a fact. This man will absolutely, positively love that anime. And that'd probably be your all-time favorite, like, hands down. That definitely would be your favorite. Because you're going to see similarities with some of your, well, some of our favorite bosses. And he was like, wow, this person's fighting like this person. This, fight, this person's fighting like this person. And each fighter has a certain skill set. Like, you know, there's one that just like a, he's like a turtle shell. Like, you can't penetrate his defense at all. Like, you got the you got to get things down to a science. It's like a little tiny opening. You got to crack that opening in order for to break that thing down. So it it's actually pretty pretty good. Now yeah, I know you mentioned this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on my list to watch. Yep. 
Now you also gave me your top five all-time ranked fighters. Starting with number one. The man. Sugar Ray. That is the man. Sugar Ray Robinson. So, I think if you ask, uh, if you go online and you look up your best fighters of all time, if you go to BoxRec, if you go to, uh, you know, any of these other boxing sites, I would say nine out of ten times you're going to find that Sugar Ray Robinson is number one. Yes. Now, of course, Sugar Ray Robinson fought way before my time. Uh, there's there's very few footage out there of it. Obviously, the graphic and, and it's not as well as good as you could find now. So it's really hard and grainy to see uh, and fight those fights and, and actually watch it and analyze it, right? But the history of this fighter. So let me let me give you some some of some of the knowledge on on this particular fight and why he's number one. Break it down. So Rob Robinson retired with 174 wins and I think it was like. 19 18 and 19 losses only that's a big big deal he was 40 and 0 before he lost his first fight he lost against jake lamada um you might know him uh from like the movie um raging bull where yeah. uh yeah 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 um, what's his name um de niro with de niro, yeah, de niro. right yeah yep um so this movie was about Jake LaMotta. Well, anyways, so so here's the Sugar Ray Robinson. He loses to Jake LaMotta. Gets the rematch, right? Jake LaMotta's next fight is against Sugar Ray Robinson again. And Sugar Ray Robinson wins. Not only does he take back the victory, he fights him another three more times during his career and beats him all three times. <laughs> this guy was... So he's like, that's that's it's not enough, right? You, you beat me, you took my one, my zero, you beat me once, I'm gonna beat you four times now. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Another cool fact about him is after that loss with Lamada, he went. I, I wrote it down here just so I, I make sure I got it right. He went 129 wins and one loss before he lost again a second time. Jesus Christ. 121 wow. wins. So. And that was against a, a British fighter called Turpin. And again, yeah. just like Lamada, he fought him in Turpin's next fight rematch and beat him as well. That's the number one wow. fighter for you right there. Sugar Ray Robinson. I, hey, I, look, I feel you. I feel you on that. So, okay. I, so I, I'm pretty sure you may know this. Uh, so Sugar Ray Leonard. So I want to assume that Sugar Ray's, you know, favorite fighter was Sugar Ray Robinson. That's how you adopted the name. I, I'm not sure, but remember, Sugar Ray Leonard's uh, nickname is Sugar. Yeah. Robinson, Ray Robinson is actually Sugar Ray, Ray Robinson. So Sugar Ray is actually his uh, nickname. Sugar Ray is his, is his actually uh, nickname. Ah, so there's a okay. there's a comparison there, but then it's not the same. Sugar Ray Leonard saying. is Sugar, and then Sugar Ray Robinson is actually Sugar Ray. Is his nickname. Okay. And now your number two was Floyd Mayweather. Well, it is Floyd Mayweather. And, you know, we talked about that. But we're going to jump to your number three, which is this man right here, Marvin Hagler. Marvin Hagler. So, Hagler was in that era where you had um, what they called the, the Fab Four, right? Yeah. Or the, the Four Kings. You had Sugar Ray Leonard, who you just mentioned. You had Marvin Hagler. Uh, you had Roberto Duran. And, yeah. of course, you had Tommy Hearns, right? Yeah. 
these fighters fought each other um you beat this guy you lose to this guy that guy beat the guy that you beat that lost to the guy too so it, it was a, a combination of that um he beat two of the four right he beat uh roberto duran and he beat tommy hearns he lost against leonard who was a great fighter in his own right right um yeah. but he was dominant in those victories against uh duran and and tommy hearns whereas uh leonard beat him but it was kind of close and the fight against duran leonard lost against duran leonard beat duran it was close again so uh, to me the only one that actually like stood out even though they all have losses against each other was was my man marvin's marvin hagler marvin hagler yeah and like they were the four kings i was like oh man um because I'm, I'm very much familiar with you know sugar ray leonard and I think he kind of like stood out to me. Maybe, maybe because of the name he had. And I was like, oh, okay. And I used to hear that name a lot. Tommy Hearns, uh, Hitman Hearns, uh, you know, I'm very, very familiar with him. And, you know, No Mas, you know, with Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray. <laughs> that's, just, that's, just, that's just famous. Not with Hearns, though, but uh, it's like, nah, No Mas, No Mas. Duran, <laughs> Duran. Yeah. So, I mean, I take nothing nothing away from, from any of those fighters, right? You can, you can flip them. You can choose one over the other, and and I would be completely fine with that, right? These are these are four fighters that were just amazing, and it's not every day, especially now. If you think about the now boxing now, you don't usually get the top three or four fighters fighting each other, right? right. They avoid each other. And back in that day, you had those four top fighters. Everybody avoided, but completely. Uh, you know, dominant in their own rights, and then they fought each other, and then one will fight the other, and then they would fight. It, it was just like, I, I bet if, if I was watching fights during that time, I would have been like jumping out of my seat to watch these fights. Now there is there is something like that in the lower weight classes currently, right? When you have um, fighters like Chocolatito and um, um, who else is out there? Um, uh, Roar Song, Song Pai is a Thailand fighter that they, they're fighting against each other um, but not at this level right this these were like the top guys of the division not just the division of boxing at the time uh, so it was just it was a great thing and I don't think we'll see something like that uh, in the near future but again you can you can flip-flop these you can put Leonard you can put Duran you can put uh, ha- uh, Hagler uh, probably not hers hers is probably the, the number four of the three but but to me, him, his power, his style was 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 lands him in number four. Oh yeah, no doubt, no no doubt about it. I mean, I think if you look at that era of boxing, sorry, number three, number three. Yeah, and you look at that era of boxing, it's it's like man, everybody wanted to smoke. And like, oh, you think you're strong? Well, I need to see you about this. Like, we need to we need to meet in the ring. Let's see who the man is at at that point. So, I, I, that point, I really did like respect. And moving on to one of your guys is Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao, man. Again, so Manny, not just the, the boxing, right? Manny did something that's uh, spectacular. He's a champion in eight different weight classes, something that hasn't been done before. And uh, other than Amanda Serrano, who has gone seven different weight classes in, 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 uh, in boxing, nobody's come close to what this man has done. Manny didn't just fight for boxing, Manny fought for his people. That's another thing that's why he's on my list. He might not be the best fighter ever, 
and there might be a couple of fighters out there that you say or you might think hey this guy has a better record this guy did better things but I'm, I'm looking at it as a holistic level right not just as a fighter but what he brings to the sport as well right Manny had all these fans and he brought boxing to a when Manny was fighting he brought boxing to a level that had not been seen since probably you know the 90s or or possibly even 80s right and then up up to the fight when he fought against Floyd Mayweather just the thought of that fight and just thinking about them sharing the ring together that was groundbreaking in itself right the amount of money that that was made from from this man fighting and the previous fights that he has fought as well because every fight that Manny fought everybody wanted to see him fight everybody was rooting for Manny you know, um, and that's one of the reasons why he's there. Yeah, and I, and I wholeheartedly believe that. Is Manny is definitely a man of the people. Like he's definitely well respected. That's just who he is. You know, that's who he is at his core. And um, I know during that during that era, especially when he was like in his younger years, you know, you couldn't hear Boston not hearing Manny Pacquiao. You know, Manny Pacquiao, and it's like. It's consistent. It was like a consistent thing. So yeah, you absolutely right on that. But and, these two, and Manny always, always brought it. That's the thing too. He always brought it. Manny was always prepared. Um, he was always in weight. You can tell that he dedicated himself to it. Um, obviously, he had at, at that time the best trainer in the world, Freddie Roach. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, he had everything going for himself. Um, again, eight different weight classes that's unheard of you know most of these fighters retire and they have you know maybe three three division world champion that's usually about the average that's about when you're young and you go in and then by the time you're out that's how much your body has changed over the years right because you make it harder and harder for you to, to make the weight so you go up maybe another weight class or so um yeah so it's usually about two or three different weight classes that your body can actually take uh, but this man, you know, went, went from the very lowest of the low weight classes up to like, you know, junior middleweight, um, which is unheard of. It, nobody's ever done it. I don't think anybody ever will. Um, again, Amanda Amanda Serrano might, might have a chance of doing it. Um, we'll, we'll see because she's also kind of tiny. So for her to go up into the, the bigger weight classes to where like Clarissa Shields is or anything like that, it's probably going to be too much for her. But Manny, yeah. Manny did it. Manny did it. That's what's up. And that leads on to a boy right here, Roy Jones Jr., man. Roy Jones Jr., so, what is that? The hat up there, Roy Jones Jr. signed autographed hat. Um, okay, okay. So let's talk about Roy. That's what I got to say about Roy, right? If you if you go out to, to maybe box rec or something like that, which is usually like the Bible boxing, Roy Jones is probably... I think they have him ranked now like a hundred or over a hundred, right? He's not even in, he's not even anywhere near the top five. I have right. him as a top five, not because of what you know about Roy Jones now. It's about what Roy Jones did in his prime. Roy Jones in his prime was completely unbeatable. There was nobody. The, the closest person was probably Tony uh, James. Tony was probably the only cl- person that in, in, at that time that could rival of Roy Jones. And Roy Jones fought him, and Roy Jones dominated him, and that was it. There was nobody else. Um, Roy Jones' skill. So Roy Jones is different. So it's not like 
Floyd and Pernell Whitaker, right? I talked to you about Floyd and Pernell, about their skills and the hit them be hit and the technicality of it, right? The sweet science of the sport. Roy Jones was 100% naturally gifted. There's nobody as naturally gifted as Roy Jones was in his prime. Roy Jones would throw an, uh, an uppercut while he was balancing on one leg on this side. Like something that was like to any other fighter is like impossible to do. His body could do. It was just, it was just, it's beautiful. It was beautiful to watch Roy Jones Jr. fight in his prime. Roy Jones obviously kept fighting past his prime like so yeah. many fighters do, right? Um, whether it's money or, you know, just they want to continue their legacy, whatever the reason might be. Roy Jones is one of those fighters. It became sad uh, watching the later part of his career, uh, especially actually being knocked out a couple times, coming in overweight. Um, but I tried to just avoid that. You know, I'm just looking at as a fighter, if I put this fighter in his prime against other fighters in their primes for whatever generation, will he win? And I think Roy Jones Jr. in his prime could fight any fighter, current or in the past, and would probably win if they were fighting in his weight class. It's my opinion. I feel, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Now, now there's another list. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot. So, now you are familiar with the Rocky movies, I, I, you know, obviously. What is your top, what is your top five? Where's your top five Rocky movies? Like starting from the least of the lowest of the lows to the highest of the highs. Oh, you put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, I have not seen the last Creed movie, which okay. I need to see. Right. Um, the first Creed movie was uh, amazing. Great, great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the last Rocky remake version of it i didn't like it too much rocky one and two have always been my favorite rocky one and two has always been my favorite um right. apollo yeah yeah no you gotta have apollo man like rocky yep. is not rocky without apollo that's my opinion Correct. Um, I, would, Correct. I, I would probably i would probably say rocky one two and and creed the first creed are probably in my top my top three i give you my top three because the rest of them I, I like them all man i like them all they're all yep. good Except for five, though. Except for Rocky Five. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Let's not talk about Rocky Five. <laughs> <laughs> That's like white from our memory, right? <laughs> man, I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you, bro. Five? I didn't even know there was a Rocky Five. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're, they're, there's not a Rocky Five. Don't, yeah, what's that Rocky V? Nah, nah, nah. Just, just, don't, don't mess with that. That's, something That's a Dragon Ball. That, that's yeah, a Dragon Ball GT of Rockies right there. Don't 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 mess with that. That's not canon. <laughs> it's not canon. So, uh, but well, there's a lot of there's a lot of good boxing movies though. I, I talked to you about um, Raging Bull. That's that's a great movie. Robert De Niro. Um, yeah. What's the one with uh, uh, with the girl? Um, ah, I, I know what you're you know talking what I'm talking about. about. Think, Hillary Swank is in it, right? Yeah, Hillary Swank. That's a great movie. Um, you know, there's a, a funny movie with uh, Wesley Snipe and uh, was it Antonio Banderas. Um, I think it was Antonio Banderas. You, wait a minute, you're not talking uh, about Undisputed, is it? 
no, 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 no. Undisputed. Okay. That's with Wesley Snipe. That's that's a that's a great movie. That's yeah. a great movie. That's people say that uh, people say that 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 was a uh, that was Mike Tyson um, as disguise um, his opponent. <laughs> like like okay. a, like a version of Mike Tyson, a version of Mike Tyson. Uh, you right. know when Mike Tyson went to jail and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But um, no, I was talking about uh, was it? Um, I don't know if it was Knuckles to the Bone or something like that. It's also a good movie. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of good ones, man. There's a lot of good boxy fights, boxy movies out there. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I, I think for a long time, as far as Rocky movies concerned, Rocky Four was like. I don't know. It just like been, been my favorite for a long time. Maybe because of the soundtrack. That's probably why, Ashley. <laughs> and <laughs> that's probably why. And, and I'm a I'm somewhat of an '80s nut. So when I hear like those '80s like strings, I was like, oh, I kind of I dig that, right? No easy way out and stuff like that. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, Rocky Two has to be my number one. Has, has to be on great movie. Great um, movie. And then you know, three. You know what? I, I think I think Rocky Two is definitely a better uh, movie overall than Rocky One. Um, yeah. I like Rocky One because you know it started it all. It's a classic. I have an attachment to it. Rocky Two yeah. is definitely a better movie. Yeah, and I think two and, and three was like my my next favorite. You know, because Rocky took an L. You know, he was fighting setups. <laughs> you know, he, he'll knock you into tomorrow. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But uh, and then then four. But uh, Creed two, I really did like Creed two. Like that was that was some stuff right there. Now right, with Creed three, I will say though, and we we will jump into like the anime side of it. Michael B. Jordan is an anime head. Like he is an anime fan. So when you do look at that fight in Creed 3, you're going to see some similarities in Dragon Ball Z. You're going to correlate the scenes. You were like, oh, okay. And he said that. He like, there's going to be some Dragon Ball Z in there. There's going to be Hajime no Ippo in there. Like, just, just got to pay attention and watch the fight. But so now, before we get into that, your predictions, starting with this fight, this fight right here. So... All right, so here we got uh, Canelo Alvarez versus John Ryder. Uh, that's happening next weekend on May mm-hmm. 6th. Um, it's going to be in Mexico, so this is the homecoming for Canelo. So the reason why it's the homecoming for Canelo, he should uh, win in front of his, his crowd, in front of his people. Uh, my prediction is also going to be Canelo is going to be by knockout. Okay, Canelo by knockout. Now... Next up, Taylor and Cameron. Oh, I, I don't know if you're going to put this up here or not. I, I was dreading this. And there's a reason why I'm dreading this. This one, this one, unlike the, the other fights in here that I can, I, I would, I wouldn't say easily, but I can more easily pick a fighter to decide based on my knowledge of the fighters. This yeah. one to me is one of those fights where again, I, I'm torn between what my heart wants and what my brain wants, right? All so, right. so here we have Katie Taylor. Katie Taylor, uh, other than Clarissa Shields, it's probably considered the best woman fighter of all time, right? I would say other than Clarissa Shields, 
She has a case to actually be the number one fighter of all times. But, you know, Clarissa and a lot of people would, would probably dispute that. Um, but Taylor's not get, Taylor's getting older. Taylor's getting to a point in her career that as, as a professional athlete, she, she's, she's going downhill, right? The other side, we have Chantel Cameron, who is a U- UK fighter, also undefeated, uh, 17 and 0. And Chantel Cameron was a, a Olympic representative for the UK. Um, great skills as well. And she's bigger. She's a bigger girl. She's in a different weight class, right? Yeah. So here's Taylor going up to fight. It's undisputed versus undisputed, right? Um, they both have all the titles under under the weight class. But I think it might. I think this might be the the, the timing where everything comes for an end to Katie Taylor. My prediction, although probably not what the bookies would tell you, is gonna say, is gonna be Cameron by decision. Cameron by decision. Final say. Final say. No, don't say. Don't, don't ask me that, cause then I'll change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with Cameron. Um, I don't know. I think. I think she might surprise people. We'll see. Okay. Okay. So uh, next fight up is Haney and Loma. Ah, here we go. So this is the fight I've been looking for. A lot of people, a lot of boxing fans have been looking for this fight for a while. If this fight would have been done a couple of years ago, I would say hands down, Lomachenko will win this fight. Lomachenko is one of the best fighters I've ever seen. Um, remember, this guy is a two-time Olympian, both times won gold medals, right? They, right. they put him up against, his first loss was like in his second or third fight, but they, they put him up against a champion in like his second or third fight. They were going to make him, they were trying to make him the, the, the fighter to win a world title earliest in the career, right? I think before right. that was probably Michael Spinks, heavyweight, who won a, a, a heavyweight title in the 80s, probably in the seventh pro fight or something like along those lines. So definitely with Lomachenko's pedigree, Lomachenko had 300 and something amateur fights, winning all of them except one. Lomachenko wow. only lost once and had 300 plus wins in the amateur, two gold medals, right? Amazing right. fight, but, 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 also getting older, and here comes the young lion, right? Devin Haney mm-hmm. from Las Vegas. Haney is uh, great skills, and Haney has been the last couple of years on a row. If you remember a few years ago, there was a fighter called Teofimo Lopez, who who yeah. who's gonna fight soon too. We'll we'll, we'll get into him as well was uh came out of nowhere it took uh lomachenko and beat lomachenko something that a lot of people were like wow what, what what's going on here right, right. um hey uh, lopez then went on to go and lost to a guy named cambosos another undefeated fighter haney took cambosos completely wiped him had a rematch completely wiped him again so it's one of those things where you beat the guy who beat the guy right so right. now, now it's let's see if Haney can be the actual guy, right? The guy who who started this this whole train, which is Lomachenko. But in my opinion, Haney is too big. Haney is too fast. 
Haney will win the fight. All right. Haney, which moves on, because you did mention Lopez earlier, Josh Taylor and and Lopez. So what? what's your predictions on that? So this right here, this is this is a true 50-50 fight right here. This is one of those right. fights where you can go for either fighter and you probably won't be wrong. If you do by heart, by, by brain, by mind, whatever, this is a 50-50 fight. You could choose whoever you want. Again, Teofimo Lopez only has one loss. He lost to Cambosos in a night where he probably didn't fight the best. We probably didn't see the best version of Teofimo Lopez when he when he lost against Cambosos. On the flip side of that, his best night was, again, when he beat Lomachenko. Not an easy feat. Then, you know, his opponent from the UK, Josh Taylor, who is und- was the undefeated, uh, is the undefeated and was the undisputed champion of the weight class. He has also beat everybody in his weight class. He's looked amazing doing it. Um, a, a little bit bigger than Tofima Lopez. Uh, great in-fight. He can fight on the inside, can fight on the outside. This is 100% truly a 50-50 toss-up fight. But my prediction is going to be Josh Taylor. Okay. Now, what's the reason for Josh Taylor? Why would you give him like the that, that slight edge? I, the only reason why I give Josh Taylor the slight edge is, as mentioned, Delfimo Lopez. You, you, I seen him in 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 his best, and I seen him in his worst. And yeah. and it's not like his best and his worst came at years apart. They literally came a fight apart. So you don't know if the fighter that's going to come into that ring that night is the Delfimo Lopez that actually work put in the work, and is that a hundred percent. I can say the opposite for Josh Taylor. Every time he comes in there, you can tell that he gives it all in the ring, that he could train for it. I'm not so sure about the Demofimo. He's all about you know social media. He's all about uh, causing controversies and, and talking smack about other people. He likes to be the bad guy in it. You know, it's something yeah. I think that takes away from what he needs to do. So I think I don't know. He might if he comes prepared. 100% will be a, a firefight right there. If he doesn't come prepared, like I think he might not be, I think Taylor takes it. All right. And uh, going on to, we talked about this earlier, Fulton and Inoue. This is the one that got, I go. have a vested interest in that, just mainly because I saw this fight. So let's talk so, about it, man. What you, what, what you think? 100%, man. This is the fight. Again, I have Inoue in my top list. I have him as a fighters one of the fighters to watch um so i think i think it's it's, it's clear to say that i'm gonna pick in a way in a way but i give fulton a 100 chance in winning this fight so as i broke it down before in a way it's coming up in weight class right this is like his third third weight class gives me going up so he's mm-hmm. fighting the naturally bigger man um you know it has the speed you know it has the power this man Fulton definitely has the skills. So it's gonna be one of those fights where you have the speed and power versus the skills that could probably, and the timing that could probably neutralize um, somebody who has the power, right? If you yeah. can keep him at bay with, with the jab and his length. Um, so it's gonna be a tough fight for either fighter uh, to win. Stefan's gonna have to be in his A game, make no mistakes. You know he's gonna be have to fight probably the best fighter the best boxer he's ever fought in his career also the biggest fighter probably the biggest fighter he's ever fought as well so it's no no easy feat for any one of these fighters to win if i have to make a prediction today exclusively i will pick inoue 
You know what? Uh, I, I looked at Fulton too. I did analyze him just a little bit. I know. I know. After the show is over, I'm gonna look at some of his fights too. Uh, but judging from Inouye, man, he has some speed on him, and like he has this. To me, he has a sneaky body shot. Like I, it's just crazy how fast he is. And I was like, and I do like smaller fighters because they're quick. But to see someone his size to be fast and he he can knock you out with either hand. Like it's crazy, and that's I, a like good, I said, that, yeah, that's a, a that's what, a good observation, right? Because yeah. a lot of fighters in the lower weight classes, right? A lot of a lot of the reasons, and, and I want to just bring this up real quick. Um, a lot of people who are not hardcore boxing fans will tell you that boxing is dead, that uh, boxing is not the same anymore, right? Yeah. And here's my opinion. So my opinion, obviously, boxing is not dead because. I still watch it. There's the big fights like this that are still happening. Yeah. Um, but again, it's about people wanting to see knockouts, right? People want to see guys get laid out. That's just that's the way the way the sport works. And yeah. before we in the U.S., we had a lot of American heavyweight fighters. Heavyweights are the ones that usually can knock people out with one punch. Period. Doesn't matter how good you are. You land a punch, somebody's probably going to get knocked out. You got a lot of weight behind your punches. Yeah, and we haven't had a good American. Obviously, we have Deontay Wilder, probably now probably the best American fighter that we have. A couple, a couple of up and comers, but for a stretch there, we didn't have any. Right, the, the heavyweight division was overrun and ruled by the Klitschko brothers, who are yeah. Ukrainian fighters. They ruled the heavyweight division for the better half of a decade, almost ten years. So people started flowing away from from boxing because the lower weight classes. It's about the speed and the skill. But not a lot about the power, right? You don't have a lot of power when you weigh 114 pounds, 118 pounds. Exception, guys like Inoue. Inoue has the skills, the speed that those low weight classes bring to the table, but also has the power, the power of guys that are a couple of weight classes above him. An exciting fighter to watch, and that's why I think he's going to win the fight. I mean, Inoue looks like an anime villain when when he comes out. Like it, it is crazy. Like I saw the entrance when he came out on Kill Bill. Man, he just had a certain look on his face. Like I'm I'm a I'm a murder someone in this in this ring. Like just do not give me an open. Otherwise, that's going to be the end of you. And all business. It, he's all business, right? And the, the first fight I seen with Donaire, um, with Donaire just he just fell backwards. He didn't get hit anything. He just fell on the ground and then. You know, he bowed and he was like, nah, you, you know, you good, get up. You know, that kind of thing. Now, I did see a clip where he was fighting this guy and his name escapes me right now. But he kind of like stepped back and he just kind of like did this number right here with his with his glove. I was like, ah, oh, this, 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 this is over. <laughs> hey, throw, throw in the towel. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good psychological trick. You know who did yeah. that? Last weekend, um, if, you, if you run back the fight between... Uh, Javante Davis and uh, Ryan Garcia. Yeah. When when Javante Davis knocked or he you know he landed that up that that left uppercut to the body of Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia took a couple of steps back. Then it was a delayed reaction. That's also what happened when Inoue fought against Donaire. That delayed reaction, and yeah. Garcia went down. Right. Garcia has, has to make a decision. Am I going to try to get up and fight this pain? It's a it's a paralyzing pain, let me tell you, about a body punch, right? 
and uh, and try try to get up. But he he looked. If you look at him, he looked at Davis while he was down on one knee. Davis, if you look at Davis's, uh, you know, afterward in his interview, he says yeah. that when Ryan Garcia had his knee down and was looking at him, that Davis was telling him, "Get up, come on, let's go. I got more yeah. for you. Get up, get up." That's a psychological thing, you know. When you tell a fighter, "Come on, come on," it makes them think, right? And I think at that moment, Ryan Garcia was thinking like. Am I gonna get up? This guy really wants to put some more hurt on me after I already right. got hurt. It's like, nah. And I think that took that took the, the whatever was left of him. That that whatever willpower he had left, that was it. So in no way, in no way is like that. He knows how to not just break you down uh, physically, but also mentally. And uh, Ashley, we got a we got a question. Like, what are some of the hurdles people don't know about that you have to overcome as a professional boxer? Oh man. Being a professional, so it's it, just like any sport, right? You have fighters who who just don't make it, but you have to put so much work and ethic to do to be anywhere in the sport, right? If you want to make it to the top, you have to completely dedicate your life to it, right? So it's about having that dedication, which a lot of people don't have. I, I tried boxing myself; I didn't have the dedication to get up every day. Every morning, run a couple miles. Every day, train, beat your body up. Every day to try to get better. I didn't have that dedication. So you have to have the dedication. The other thing is promotion or promotions, right? All these promotions are the double-edged sword. You have promotions that, um, without a promotion company backing you up, it's gonna be really hard for you to get those big fights. Okay, that's just that's just the way it goes. But at the same time. A lot of these promotional companies take advantage of fighters, right? A lot of the time, a lot of the money goes to promotion companies, to the promoter, uh, to the advisors, uh, and the fighters only get a small chunk of the purse bid or the fight bid. Uh, yeah. You have to, you have to be at an upper echelon level, right? The Canelos, the Floyds, the Manny Pacquiao's, to make the kind of money that people think. Every boxer makes. That's not true. That's not true. Then you also got to pay your trainers. You got to train. You know the people that help you with. You know with your food. The people that help you with your whole team. It's not just you. So so that's that's one of the biggest issues that a professional fighter has. It's a long road to get where you at. Now, of course, there's a lot of boxing that goes in the, that get, that gets done in the amateurs, right? And just like anything, just like scouts uh, for baseball or football, you know, you got scouts in the amateurs. You know, if if you're able to to build a pedigree in the amateurs where you can possibly represent your country in the Olympics, uh, you might have a shot to just go in as a professional with a big company already eyeing you and wanting you to be part of their team. And then you're good, yeah. you're golden, right? You just gotta continue winning, obviously to. To stay in the promotion, but that doesn't happen with the majority of the fighters, and uh, yeah, that that's what sucks, you know. Oh, one more thing, just just came up on top of my mind, is that a lot of fighters work to get their shot, and they're bypassed, bypassed by the politics of the sport, right? So, for example, right now we have John Ryder fighting Canelo. Yeah. I already told you. I don't think Ryder is at that level 
and he got his shot. Luckily, he got his shot. He deserved it, but he got his shot because the promotional company and everything like that lined up. But sometimes you get other fighters who, who deserve a shot, but they're not a promotional company. They're not a big promotional company. Guess what? They're not going to get the shot. You know, it's about who makes the money and about where the money is at. So some of these fighters just won't, won't, won't get the shot. And when they do, it's probably too late, you know? Hope I answered yeah. that question. <clears throat> oh, that I think they answered the question wholeheartedly. I think there's a lot of politics. I mean, from outside looking in, you correct me if I'm wrong. You know, it looks like there's a lot of politics in boxing. There's a lot of business propositions being made. And, like, you had to stand out to a certain way. I think Floyd Mayweather did a phenomenal job at promoting. Uh, I feel like in most ways he promoted himself. And, you know, same thing with Manny Pacquiao and Roy Jones. And, you know, people like that. You know, it, I think they did a lot of self-promotion. I think since the Don King era, people kind of like, mm, you know, I might, I, I may not need to put my eggs in this basket right, right over here. You know, since that whole the Don King era. But, uh, but but the majority of boxers nowadays, right? So you got you got the big companies. You have your you know Golden Boy, your Top Rank, a PBC. Yeah. You know you got your big companies. And I mean, there's a there's a few fighters that are gonna ultimately stay with that company even to the end, right? But most fighters get to a certain level with those promotional companies and they can finally break away and what a lot of fighters are doing nowadays which is super smart is creating their own promotional company based you know on their name like you have Koto yeah. productions now you have you know tank davis Productions. crawford went by himself terence crawford and and, and built his own promotional company which kind of didn't work for him in negotiations with errol spence but yeah pulling aside like that you know it, it helps them i don't know but there's also one other thing that's really big and that's the corruption when it comes to the judges uh, that's one of the things that we've been talking about for years we need to get all these older folks judging fights get some younger people in there that can actually see what's going on not these blind people because there's a lot of blind judges out there <laughs> and, and there's a lot of judges that already can tell you who's going to win the fight before the fight even happens because they're yeah. getting paid that happens right we need to get some fresh new judges in in there as well because there's nothing worse about a fighter dedicating four or five months of his life or her life training for a fight and losing it because they're robbing you for it yeah no. true that and willie asked uh, do you feel that boxing is being snuffed out by mma or do you feel that Boxing is goaded and have nothing to worry about. Oh, and the, the long MMA question, right? Thank you for bringing that <laughs> yeah. up, man. No, no, uh, I truly believe um, each sport is their own separate entity. Um, I love what the UFC has done. I love the way, uh, you know, what, what the UFC, MMA as a whole, how it's now being promoted and shown everywhere across the world, right? And a lot of people thought yeah. that there wasn't room for both. I disagree. I think there's room for both. Um, I completely uh, admire MMA fighters and what they do. I just think it's two completely different sports. And you see that it's very hard to find a crossover where you have a really good MMA fighter crossover to boxing 
and becomes a really good boxer and vice versa. You don't have a really good boxer that can go over to MMA and become a good MMA fighter. There's so many different aspects to being an MMA fighter that just boxing is just one thing out of it, right? Yeah, yeah. you probably had your Holly Holm, but Holly Holm, remember, was also a kickboxer and she did have some MMA background before, but it's kind yeah. of hard to, to cross them. So I think they're, they're both fine in their own lanes. Um, I do like some of the crossover that's happening now. I know a lot of people ask me about, um, you know, these YouTuber fightings, the Jake Pauls, uh, Logan Pauls, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm cool with it, man. The people are like, oh, that's that's bad for the sport. These are not real boxers. No, anybody who gets in the ring is a real boxer. Trust me. Anybody who puts in the work is a real boxer. So, um, you know, having some of these MMA fighters, the Dave Diaz coming over to fight, Jake Paul now, uh, that fight's happening in the future. I think it's great, man. I, I, you know what? More the merrier. Bring them on. Make both sports happen, right? Bring more yeah. attention to both sports. Great. Great for the sport. Yeah, I, I feel that way. I, I think it's a good promotion. I think, um, you know, like the casual watcher, they might say, hey, boxing has been the same since the 90s, but, you know, boxing never left. I think, like, because people were just looking at heavyweights, and then, you know, once that heavyweight division kind of, like, I want to say deteriorated, but it kind of, like, was reduced, you know, greatly, you know, people kind of, like, stopped watching, except for the purists, you know, whatever. So... <clears throat> So when you mention Holly Holmes, so I always equate this. I always equate Ronda Rousey being Mike Tyson and Holly Holmes being Buster Douglas. <laughs> like she the one who shocked the world. But then the she met someone the else. The kryptonite. Then she met someone else. And then the first defense she lost. And then like Amanda Nunes. Like I absolutely love Amanda Nunes. And I mean, she got a lot of heads on her mantle. She has a lot of heads up there. Um, yes. but you know, she, she got, she, yeah, she's definitely great, hundred percent. Now there is one more fight out there, and that is this fight right here. Yes, Carissa Shields. Yes, and, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mention that earlier, bro. I'm glad you bring this up because you, you have a little tie to this, don't you? Yes, yes. So I'm actually going to see this fight live uh, at Little Caesars Arena, and I think Clarissa, because I follow her on Facebook, and she always posts things all day, every day. And, you know, one of the things that she wanted to do, one of the dreams that she wanted was to be at an arena like Little Caesars or somewhere in Detroit. And she got a wish. So uh, June 3rd. So what? So, so what, what's your predictions on this one? Clarissa Shields is one of the greatest. She's the self-proclaimed, quote, right? Greatest women of all time. I think we need to take that W away. She's not a quote she's a goat period in male or female it doesn't matter to me she is one of the greatest fighters of all time people need to understand that we don't need to divide them women whatever people are like oh women still on the side no she is technically one of the better best fighters in the world uh hannah gabriels so hannah gabriels and clarissa shields fought before uh and clarissa shields won that fight but since that fight, Gabriel's has gotten a lot better. She's progressing so quickly in the ranks. Clarissa Shields, her last fight, she won um, against Savannah Marshall. The only girl to beat her in the amateurs was Savannah Marshall. 
Um, so she was able to 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 be her. She didn't look too good. I don't know. I don't know if it was just because of the the caliber of Marshall's or just uh, Marshall was bigger than her. But I don't know. I, I saw a little bit of a couple of kinks in in her game. So it, 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 so I don't know. She might have a tough fight. But ultimately, my opinion and my prediction is going to be Clarissa Shields. Clarissa Shields. Decision. By decision. Okay. Okay. So no knockouts. It, it would definitely be. It would definitely go to a decision. Yes. Okay. And Willie has another question. He said, "I know I'm asking a lot of these crazy questions, but I feel this is my chance." <laughs> he said, "So, have you ever been knocked out, or what is that? And what is that experience? Uh, like, how was the feeling, and how do you train against it?" Yes. Yes, I actually have. Whoa! Um, I did not know this. Okay. Wow. Yes. Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't a knockout where I was like gone and then came okay. to right it was a body shot we talk about these body shots right yeah, I was yeah. hit with a body shot and I was paralyzed you know like when you're sleeping like you, you're sleeping and you, you wake up and you can't move right that's how right, it was right. I felt like my body shut down I didn't know what was going on you start thinking like crazy like what what's going on you, your brain doesn't understand at that yeah. moment you cannot understand what's going on it's like a short circuit right and um and i lost i lost my air i couldn't breathe it was just like bro it's, it's so hard to explain the feeling of just like this the sadness that goes into you you just don't know like what is going on um and yeah yeah i was i was down i was i was out like and there was nothing there was no coming down from me pain um, and that pain lasted for like 30 minutes after still going through my body. It was wow. incredible. So, so here's the thing. So I'm a, a big advocate um, when I see fighters and I see fighters who go for the body, which is why I like, I, I actually like a lot of, um, I like Cuban style fighting, which Cuban style fightings dominate most of the amateurs with their boxing skills, right? But Mexican style fighting is that aggressive body punching rugged style i love yeah. it i love it as well because the, the hitting to the body and knowing when to attack the body not always head hunting that take that's a different level of understanding of the sport right and firsthand I, when i got hit to the body that hurt way more than any any headshot that i've ever had in my life and um and again, it's one of those things where unless you're knocking somebody out cold with a head shot, usually the head can take the shots. You know, your, your, your head can take some of those shots, right? But the body, yeah. it doesn't matter how fit you are, a well-placed body shot will paralyze you, man. It doesn't matter how good you are, it will paralyze you. <laughs> so no, is thanks, it like a thanks for asking the questions. Thanks for asking the questions. <laughs> Keep them coming. Keep them coming. <laughs> so is it like... Okay, is there like a certain part of the body that just make you fold up like that, or? or is, so I got hit kind of like above the rib cage, almost like okay. I would say my liver, um, almost almost in the same shot. Um, if you look at the the Javante Davis Ryan Garcia fight last weekend, that body yeah. shot right by the rib cage, that was where I got hit too. And and just like that, there's a little bit of a delayed reaction, and unlike Ryan Garcia who I thought, in my opinion, was clear-headed. He just was fighting with his body to get up. I definitely yeah. wasn't clear-headed. 
I, I was the opposite. <laughs> Whatever the opposite of clear-headed, that's what I was. I was short-circuiting, and my body was just like gone. It was the worst feeling I've ever had. <laughs> wow. Oh, so I, I never experienced like a, a body shot, but I have thrown a body shot before, like in school or whatever. And I did hit a guy like I did, it wasn't necessarily in that same exact spot that you're describing, but it was like around that area, and they like folded. And I never understood it because I feel like you know, at, being younger, I feel like your midsection is like your most solid part of your body, but. Clearly, it's not. It's, you know, hitting it, hitting well, in the right direction. I, I think I, I would say kind of like, you know, when I talk about like these martial artists, right? Like these old school martial artists, they knew specific points in your body, right? Yeah. Where they target those specific points, you're, you're going to fold. That's that's just weak spots in your in your body, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and yes, you're, you're right. Usually, you know, the abdomen, the core... It's, it's strong. It has to be strong if you're gonna be fighting, um, and, and you know, be in shape for a fight. But it's just certain punches that I, I would say probably hit or bruise up your organs. Your body's gonna be like, this ain't supposed to happen. Like, no, and, and it's gonna fold, man. It's gonna fold. Body shots, they do it, man. They do it for me. <laughs> so great, that great explains. That that is playing Creed too, because when you know when he got those body shots, he was like hurting, hurting. Like he was just breathing hard, and he's kind of like power through it at the end of the day. But I was like, obviously this movie magic. But I'm like, man, there's no way this dude could just live through that. <laughs> but uh, oh, so he asked, what's the craziest training regimen you ever partook in? Ah, uh, uh, I I completely hate cardio so you can see i'm a little chubby now right i talked to years of not uh not doing too much cardio um yeah. but i hated i hated the cardio um and just like the the circuit circuit um just different circuit exercises um you know we we used to have uh i like the sparring the sparring was good you know you get your three minutes of sparring you get your time you you're also you know, learning. So you, you you throw your shots and then you stop to like listen, some advice, you make you do it better, right? So you get your little breaks. But when you're doing like the circuit training or you're doing the cardio part of it, you know, it's just, it, it's nonstop. You got no no chance, no break to, there's nothing like, hey, take a second to, no, you're supposed to know what you gotta do. You gotta run two miles over there. You gotta come back and do sprints. You gotta do your, your crunches, your sit-ups. Um, it, it, it's all that stuff. I, I do want to, since you're talking about uh, regimen right here, Brook City, Brook City Boxing. Uh, this mm -hmm. is uh, the boxing club uh, here in, in Germany. Um, Coach Nick put him on the map. He's a professional fighter, uh, 7-0 and currently with six knockouts. Um, he's a trainer, great trainer. Um, I don't know, I'm pretty sure, you know, I don't know uh, how many people will, will see this, but if there's anybody out here in Germany want to get uh, some good training, this is the man to go to right now. Both my kids, my daughter and my son, uh, are boxing. My son is uh, nine. My daughter's eleven. Uh -huh. um, just amazing. My son's a southpaw, super fast, super slick. Uh, my daughter is just a beast. They have her fighting boys um, because she's so big. She's 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 tanka, you know, tough. And uh, they have her fighting the boys, and she's uh, yeah, she's she's doing really good. 
Here in Germany, though, you have to be 12 and over to actually fight in amateur fights. Uh, but they mm -hmm. consider amateur fights, right? So she's under the age. Uh, but when we put her to, to spar or fight against um, other other kids that come around her size, even bigger than her, um, you know, she's going at it with the boys, with the big boys. So, yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. Like, you know, what's her fighting style? Or does she switch up? No, but, but um, again, she's all raw power, right? She's okay. A, she's, she's pretty, pretty, pretty tough. Um, so she's a diamond that needs to be polished, right? Her skills, when it comes to like being a slick boxer, you know, the, I like that the Pernell Whitakers, the Mayweathers, that's not her, man. That's that's my son. My son is yeah. the I don't want to get hit type of fighter. He's a softball, very slick, uh, very technical. Uh, but my daughter, she's the Mexican style. She's the Julio Cesar Chavez. Right, she knows. She's gonna try to knock your ass you, out. <laughs> yeah, she knows that you will probably um, outbox her. So her goal is to get in, and she's gonna go for the body. She's gonna go for the uppercut. She wants to knock you out. That's her style. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're trying to get to the meat and potatoes. It's like, have you ever entered the ring just to destroy and hurt the opponent? No pressure to answer. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. Every there's one thing that you know, growing up, uh, not just watching the fights, because my dad, my dad never fought boxing, but my dad was, you know, I, I like to consider myself that I know boxing um, when it comes to analyzing and talking about it and stuff like that. But yeah. my dad's another. My dad's another level. My dad is a boxing encyclopedia, right? Um, and my dad always talked about boxing. He, you know, that was his passion. That's why he got us into it when we were younger. And he was like, never go into the fight with emotions that you want to fight somebody, want to hurt somebody, right? This is a sport. And for most people, it's, it's if you get to that level, it's, it's your career, right? You never want to take somebody's bread, you know, from, from their family. You never want to take a person from their family. Everybody has a family, right? You don't, yeah. you don't want to go in there to hurt somebody. You want to go in there to do your business. And do what you train for and that that means possibly hurting somebody to take them out but you never want to like really really hurt somebody right and then yeah um a lot of the the trainers you know my trainer was the same way and and coach nick who trains not just children he trains adults as well but uh one of his philosophy is in anybody who gets in the train in the ring you got to give them respect for doing that right so you could talk the smack you can one knock somebody down you could one knock somebody out you want to take them out but at the end of the day, I don't think any fighter that really gets into the ring really wants to hurt anybody, you know? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I saw that with Inouye today. Um, like, like I said, like I said earlier in the show, that when his opponent fell, it wasn't because of a hit, but you know he just fell, and you know he kind of stepped back, you know he bowed, and he was like, you know, get up, you know. They tapped gloves and they kept on going. After the fight, they like hugged, and like it was like two warriors just, you know, just finished. It was like uh, I can't say Goku and Vegeta because Vegeta not not Goku ass out when he had his back turn, but I can't do I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but but it definitely like hugged and like you know, you know what you know respect and we're gonna run this back eventually. This is what we're gonna do. And you know, I also it, feel like okay. Yeah. No, no. I was gonna say that you know at the end of the day, um, you know you put in the work, right? You you possibly if you have a, a good a good training camp, you probably you could have to have up to four months, three or four months of non-stop training you know your opponent is doing the same thing 
right? Yeah. That's time that they're taking away as well from their family. They're also training their, to, to give the best fight possible, right? Even if they lose and you're the winner, right? You you want that person to go in there and give the best so you can bring the best out of you too, right? And, and at the end of the day, you don't want anybody to go in there trying to hurt you to really hurt you, right? It's like, yeah. Why? You know, at the end of the day, we're all trying to break, you know, make that money. We're trying to break that bread. Why? Why trying to do that? So, yeah. That's why yeah, you'll see I... almost after every fight, all the fighters, even after all the smack that they talk, they'll they usually will uh, you know hug it out at the end. Yeah, that, that's what's up, man. I always was uh, told, like even you know when I was younger, like when you're in a boxing match, don't go in there with emotions because that's when you make the biggest mistakes because you're gonna go in there. You know, wailing like I'm gonna knock this fool out, like da 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 da, da and then next thing you know, you're gonna get caught, <laughs> and you know, next thing you know, you're on the canvas. So that's a good observation. So emotions, right? You want to go in there with a little bit of emotion because that emotion will actually get that adrenaline going, right? But like you said, yeah, exactly what you mentioned. If you have too much emotion on you, you're go- you're bound to make a mistake. You have a game plan that's been ingrained in your head, the whole training camp. You have a plan A. You usually have a plan B and a plan C, right? If you have a good trainer and you have a game and a good training camp, and having an emotions will, will completely, you know, take all that out out of the equation, and then you're gonna make a mistake. And in boxing, oh. you don't play boxing. We don't play boxing. Boxing is not a game, right? So yeah. you have to be in there. You have to be prepared. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So I got I got one more question to ask. So this is what you didn't have this list. But this list that you had earlier in the show is well respect because like you, I do like lighter weight fighters. Uh, I feel like those fights is a little bit more entertaining, you know, um, as far as like the science of it all. But I'm gonna ask you, what are your top heavyweights? Currently or all time? Uh, let's just say both. Uh, okay, uh, let's see. Uh, Start with current. 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 Current, uh, currently, my number one is probably going to be Tyson Fury. Right. I think he's the legitimate um, heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Two is probably Usyk. Okay. Um, Usyk is number two. Three, I'll probably still have Deontay Wilder as the number three. Anywhere okay. from there on down, um, you know, you can take your pick. I don't think there's a lot of really good heavyweights other than the, those top three um, there's a guy good up-and-comers like you have um jared anderson a u.s fighter um mm-hmm. you know you you have andy, andy reese who beats anthony joshua i think i, I think jo- uh, joshua is at the last leg of his career um, i agree so that's it as okay, far so- as all time <laughs> this is different. This is tough. Yeah. This is tough. Um. Wow. Um. I'm probably gonna sell out, but I do. I, I probably. I'll probably say Muhammad Ali. I'll probably say uh-huh. Muhammad Ali is number one. Um. Uh-huh. Again, not not in my type. My my top all time fighters. I think the lower weight classes have better fighters. Probably Muhammad right. Ali though as my top heavyweight. Um, second, 
And don't hate me for this, but I will probably choose Lennox Lewis. Well, you know what? I'm not mad at that. Over, I'm not mad at that. Over, I think I think Lennox Lewis is a little underrated uh, for what he accomplished as a heavyweight fighter. I think yeah. Lennox Lewis also had a lot of underrated skills where people didn't talk about it because everybody was so focused on on Mike Tyson and yeah. uh, you know what Tyson what Tyson did, um, which eventually showed in the fight why Lennox Lewis was better. Um, but all around, I think I think Lennox Lewis was a better fighter. Then I'm probably gonna say Joe Lewis, fight by number three. Okay. And that's just I, I don't I I. I you know, it's I haven't seen a lot of Joe Lewis fights, but just of what he's done and what he accomplished. Yeah. Um, and then a close, close fourth is going to be Mike Tyson, just because Mike, Mike Tyson, Tyson was a beast. Yeah. He definitely was. And, and and I'm gonna put Mike Tyson on there because of just the specimen that Mike Tyson was. One of those, also one of those unique fighters that you ain't gonna get for a while. And a lot of people, there's a lot of fighters that try to emulate his style, right? His his rigid movement, you know, it just his the way his his uh, upper body just completely swiveled from his legs. That that cannot be seen nowadays. You definitely ain't gonna see it with modern day heavyweights. Yeah. Uh, if you look at modern day heavyweights though, they're probably almost twice as big as what heavyweights in the 80s and the 90s were, right? We're getting bigger. Guys are getting bigger every day. Um, you know, 6'9 heavyweight like Tyson Fury would probably, controversial, but would probably dominate in the earlier age, ages of boxing heavyweight because they're so much bigger, right? I had, I had this conversation with somebody and he was like, I can't believe you're saying that Muhammad <laughs> Ali will lose to a bum like, you know, uh, Tyson Fury. They're not even on the same level. And I'm like, oh, you gotta, I, I, gotta, I think about it differently, right? Yes, an accolades alone, great fighter from from that era um yeah probably the fighter from this era doesn't match up to that right but when i'm looking at like if they were both in their primes and they were both fighting in the same time there's a big difference in those big boys now than there were yeah. before and then you look at you look at muhammad ali right muhammad ali got hit by big george foreman got hit by a lot of these guys right the george foreman was a big guy don't get me wrong um but you know, Tyson Fury is so much bigger. If you get hit by some of these guys now, as you all know, heavyweight division, man, one punch could take you out. Easily. I just think it's different, man. You know, it's different. And uh, Willa asked, uh, I don't ever see bosses training with weighted gloves on, so how do you guys get your body to use them? Get your so body we used do. Well, we, we do. We, we use weighted gloves or... I wouldn't say weighted gloves, uh, but we use uh, big gloves, you know, 12 ounce gloves, 14 ounce gloves. It's uh, so that when we're fighting, we use smaller gloves, it just feels lighter. Um, I never fought with weighted gloves um, and my kids don't fight with weighted gloves. Um, but one of the things obviously, what weighted gloves does is like I just mentioned, it makes the glove that you use in the night of the fight seem lighter and you can throw your punches quicker, right? But there's other yeah. ways of, of reaching that same goal, right? The speed bag is one that helps you with your speed and you're and you're throwing your punches, right? Um, and when you use the speed bag, you use big gloves as well, right? You use a bigger glove 
that you're going to use come fight night. That way it feels lighter. Um, the same thing with, um, you know, fighting on the line. You know, you got the line, you got to gotta fight the line or the ball, right? That, that yeah. all helps with your speed and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that it doesn't uh, get used. Um, like, it's gone away. I don't think it's gone away. I just think it's different techniques. I, I myself never use weighted gloves. So, there's other ways, other ways around to reaching that same goal of having that speed uh, come fight night. Yeah, and uh, what I also asked when you talk about heavyweights, he was speaking on smoking Joe all day, South Carolina boy. <laughs> smoking <laughs> Joe. Smoking Joe Frazier, man. Great fighter, so, great fighter. Yes, yes, definitely. Thank you. And uh, he also typed Willie in. Willie, Hines, said, Willie Hines knows his boxing. Willie Hines knows his boxing. He knows a little. Hey, he, he know a few things. He said, thank you for answering all these questions and being the professional you are. Mad respect, bro, for you and your craft. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you, man. It's, 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 it's a, you know, having conversations with, you know, mad scientists and any and you and anybody else, you know, who, who wants to talk boxing. It's just, again, it's just a passion thing. You know, it just gets me going and it's great. I, I got to do, I got to do one shout out though, man, in case you see this. Yeah, go see, ahead. My go boy ahead. Z, my boy Z Zaragoza. Well, yeah, I'm gonna pick you up in uh, in in AZ. Uh, that was my my kind of my kind of part, man. When it comes to boxing, um, me and Z just just uh, just for, for for you guys uh, uh, watching, Zaragoza and myself, we would go to I think ah oh, man I think I went to like 10, 11 different boxing events up in when we lived in Vegas, and he yeah. would go with me to all the fights, right? And um, you know, you got these fights. We, we saw Manny Pacquiao. We saw um, we saw multiple fighters up in Vegas. Uh, but yeah. we would the, the 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 fights would start usually around eight o'clock, seven o'clock at night. The main card, right? The card that gets televised on TV. Mm-hmm. The undercards. You got the undercards, but then you have like the undercards to the undercards, right? You have fighters that are like two and zero fighting against fighters that are like one and zero. These fights start like at two o'clock in the afternoon. That's when the gate opens. So these fights are happening. There I am with Zaragoza at one or two o'clock in the afternoon. The only two like spectators in this whole arena watching these two fighters fighting, like yelling at them and they could hear us and talk to us if they wanted to. That's how empty the place was every time for like 12 hours straight watching boxing live. Shout out to my boy. Jorge Zaragoza, man. Zaragoza, man. You know what's funny about it? Like before the show even started, I thought about Zaragoza. I'm like, I wonder if Mike talked to to Zaragoza because it's been the same amount of time, really. And it's, it's cool to see that y'all was hanging out. I mean, that's really, really dope because honestly, I feel like I would be right there with you for those 12 hours. <laughs> like watching, watching all these boxing matches and just sitting there analyzing things, meeting bosses and talking to them or whatever, just picking their brain. And for the listeners that uh, that probably may have came in late, so Mike's top five current fighters ranked is Shakur Stevenson. These are the guys that you might want to look into. Shakur Stevenson, uh, Noe Inoue, the Japanese fighter. And matter of fact, I'm going to actually, I'm going to go back here. Just give me one quick second. Put him up, put so, him yeah. up, man, put him up. Yep, Shakur Stevenson. You need to look at Nawa Inoue. I just saw him. This dude is a bomber. I'm going to just tell you right now. Just 
he might be my favorite fighter just just by looking at him. This dude is legit. Uh, Javante Davis, tank. He, I mean, he just fought over the weekend. Known for the body shot. Canelo Alvarez. He, you know, we all know Canelo Alvarez. And Usyk. That is the heavyweight. Uh, the one that could possibly take Tyson Fury's crown. If he allows the fight to happen. So, that, that's one thing. So, uh, I, I know you got your Luffy back there. I know you just started One Piece. I know... You you uh, want to get into Dragon Ball Super? He has not watched it yet, ladies and gentlemen. You know you got to find the time to watch it. But uh, so before you get off, who's your favorite characters in Dragon Ball Z? Because I know you're a Dragon Ball head. <laughs> where my where my characters at, man? Right I, I, I bring them out. I bring them out for you, man. Right oh, there. you're bringing them out. Oh, okay, okay, you're bringing them out. Okay, my boy. That's I wanted that. I wanted that pop figure, dude. I I really didn't want that. Vegeta all day, I gotta, man. Gotta love, I gotta love Vegeta all day, man. I gotta love Vegeta. He's just not. I mean, he's a great adversary, but he's also such a, a great. Uh, I don't think he was meant to be such a, a comedic relief, like he right. is. Um, but he is. He brings the comedy. He brings the passion. Um, I, I love everything about him, man. Yep. And uh, actually, Willie put up a good point. He said Megaloboxing. Megalobox is actually is actually good too. So Hajime no Ippo and Megalobox is definitely definitely the ones to look at. Hey man, thank so, you guys for uh, this recommendation. I'm gonna look into it for sure. Yep. And that funny moment with Vegeta that happened in Super. So Vegeta and Goku have been training off planet like together with the God of Destruction and the Angel, right? So Goku was like, you know how he pop smoke? He just leaves. He just leaves the house. He don't inform anyone he's leaving, especially Chi-Chi. He just, he just dips. <laughs> and uh, he was like, hey, Vegeta, uh, I'm about to go train. You know, you, you ready to ride? And he was like, no. He was like, what? Why you don't want to train? He like, I'm waiting on my baby to be born. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, dude, I wasn't there when Goten was born. And Vegeta just turns around. He's like, because you're an idiot. That's why. <laughs> and he turns and he turns back around <laughs> because Bomo was pregnant. Bomo was pregnant the second time. And she was pregnant with Bola. And so he was refusing to move. He said, I'm not going anywhere until my daughter is born. <laughs> and and, and Weiss, the angel came up. He said, Oh, that's what you worried about? Oh, never mind. Come, come here for a second, Bomo. So he takes his like his staff and he taps Bomo's stomach and the baby just comes out. He says, <laughs> and Goku's like, oh, so now you ready to go now? And Vegeta's like, <laughs> Vegeta just has this look on his face. He's like, all right, man, I, I, oh, I, I man. guess. So that, that, that's gold right I gotta here. catch up, man. I gotta catch up, man. Yeah. It's just, it's, I think, uh, I don't know, but I, I think Vegeta was probably meant to be uh, not, not, the character that he developed into, right? There's, there's a lot yeah. of depth into into that character. I think it maybe initially just a bad guy, you know, and and just well, it, possibly in and out, but it just developed into such a cool and fun character to watch, man. I can't wait to see see uh, you know Super and anything else that that's more advanced than what I already watched. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely better storytelling, better pacing. Uh, you see a lot of interactions with Boma and Vegeta. Just don't touch Boma. 
he will flip his shit. Like, I, like, don't put your hands on her. Don't smack her. Don't nah. Just don't. Just don't do nothing to his bomber. Cause that that's his bomber. Like he verbally says that. Like that's my bomber. Like, like don't touch her. And uh, but man, man, we we covered a lot, man. And let me tell you something, y'all. This might have been like an hour fifty minute show. But we still barely scratch the surface when it comes to boxing with this man. Like this man is a just a deep well of knowledge when it comes to boxing. And he, hey, listen, he gonna be back on the show. Like he will be back on the show to educate you guys. Because I've been under the learning tree. This man has literally talked the whole show because I I was learning. I was I was relearning things, and now I have a revested interest in boxing because of this man. So. Oh, thank you, Hurry. thank you. Uh, I gotta say thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on the show, man. I know it's a long time coming. Uh, you know, just everybody, just keep on supporting the, the channel. Let's make this big. Um, and yeah, for sure, man. I love talking boxing, and I would be just completely honored to come back anytime, man. Anytime we can talk boxing for days. Yeah, that's right. Thank that's you, right. Yeah, that's right. All right. So uh, until next time, y'all. Peace.